Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, hey, as we get closer and closer to season 11 of the podcast, starting the Tuesday after Labor Day, we are going to finish the summer out with a few more Firetime Magazine rapid reaction episodes. And if you've been listening along to this in real time, you know that in the summer and really in the late winter, early spring, in between our two traditional podcast seasons each year, we release a series where together we listen to an audio article from the Firetime Magazine And then the second that's done, I hit record and give you my immediate rapid reaction to it. And I am super, super excited about today's article. So the article that we're going to listen to together came out in the April issue of the Firetime magazine. It's by my friend Kyle Titsworth out of Massachusetts, and it's called Three Warehouse Tasks That Should Shape Your Plans and Processes. And This is an article that actually came out in the Firetime Journal, and then we released it the next month in the Firetime Magazine as well. And this piece is seriously a barn burner. Kyle's been a friend that I've gotten to know over the last few years, and I've actually visited his business a number of times. And it's just amazing to see what he has done to take over what had been handed to him and set this thing up to operate in a way that it never has before. And, you know, his dad started the business years earlier and did a phenomenal job. And now Kyle has come in to, you know, continue to grow and to evolve. And he's somebody, especially when it comes to the warehouse and the installation parts of the company, Kyle's somebody that really, really gets it. And I'm super excited to listen to this article together. Now, if you want to hear every single audio article when they come out each month in the Firetime Magazine, Magazine. You can do that by subscribing to our Firetime Magazine podcast. It's a sister podcast to this one right here. So wherever you listen to podcasts, if you punch in the Firetime Magazine and hit search, you'll find it. And then once you subscribe, literally every month when a new issue comes out, most of our articles are released as audio articles in that podcast. So without further ado, let's listen to this article together and I will give you my rapid reaction to it. Three Warehouse Tasks That Should Shape Your Plans and Processes by Kyle Titsworth, owner of the Fireplace Showcase. The warehouse is the central nervous system of your business, a place where all your resources are stored, organized, and deployed. Sales, service, installation, and inventory departments all converge in the warehouse, so operating it effectively can make a huge difference in your bottom line. Yet, unlike showrooms where products are visible to customers, warehouses are often uncelebrated and routinely overlooked. Despite this trend, your company's warehouse reveals your depth of resources and reflects your level of organization. With that in mind, let's imagine starting with an empty warehouse that's free of all the fireplaces, surrounds, parts, accessories, and other stuff you sell. Let's also say it's free of all those this-will-be-worth-something-to-someone-one-day items. Now, consider how you would organize your new space. As you contemplate your layout and design, remember the three main tasks that happen in the warehouse daily. 1. Trucks arrive and products are received, fulfilling purchase orders. 2. 
installation crews, service teams, sales associates, and customer orders direct the movement of inventory. Three, parts are regularly ordered for stock, items are routinely returned, incorrect orders are occasionally received, and voila, inventory is accumulated. Now that these three tasks have been outlined, let's take a deep dive into each of them, exploring how they should shape your warehouse plans and processes along the way. Task 1. Trucks arrive and products are received, fulfilling purchase orders. It doesn't matter if this is day 1 or year 20. Nothing arrives on your dock without someone ordering it. In this stage, whether you use paper or fully digital, your tracking has to be meticulous to facilitate communication between the purchaser and the receiver. Each purchase order, whether ordered by a sales associate or a dedicated purchaser, needs to be detailed with a customer name and a date for the intended installation, service call, or customer pickup. In my family's business, we have a central purchaser, who is also the controller. As sales orders are organized in a daily folder, they are given to the purchaser, who places orders with vendors. We have a small comment section at the bottom of each sales order to make notes visible to both the customer and our team, and that's where we track deposits, note the status of parts, and indicate the installation or service dates. Some parts, such as fireplace units, custom orders, and non-stock service parts, require a deposit, whereas others are found in normal inventory. The purchaser checks the CRM or inventory management system to identify whether the part is in stock. The word stock is written next to this queue if it's available. Otherwise, a purchase order is created and the customer's name is placed next to the ordered part. The sales order denotes the SKUs, followed by a very simple to-order note that is highlighted at the bottom of the page. At this stage, the purchaser generates a pick list for the warehouse manager. Once the order is placed, the purchaser copies the PO for the warehouse manager and attaches the customer's sales order. With this in hand, the warehouse manager knows each SKU, the number arriving, who they're intended for, when they're scheduled for pickup or delivery, and what other parts each customer has ordered. As items are received, each one is accounted for and stored in a dedicated location. For installations, separate items can easily be pulled together and palletized for a customer, then staged and organized by the installation date. For service parts, the items can be placed in a separate designated area and marked with the customer's name and service appointment date. These items are typically smaller, making them easier to move and lose, so they should always be in line by date. We use a simple three-tiered plywood rack with six-foot shelves along the wall at the warehouse's entrance. Finally, each SKU must be dated and marked received as individual items arrive. At the end of the day, all POs, complete or incomplete, that came in that day should be given back to the purchaser to receive an inventory. When a PO is received in full, an all here can be written on it before sending it back to the purchaser. These details are important to prepare for the next thing that happens daily in the warehouse, whether you have in-house crews, hire subcontractors, or allow customers to pick up their appliances and parts. Task 2. Installation crews, service teams, sales associates, and customer orders direct the movement of inventory. In our business, most products are installed by our in-house crews. When our crews, which are all composed of two people, return from the field, they must clean out their trucks and load their jobs for the following day. We have found that intentionally preparing at the end of the day is the key to beginning the next day early and on the right foot. This achieves several goals. In the winter, when we are busiest, it saves daylight by having the trucks fully loaded in the morning and ready to depart within 30 minutes of arriving at work. It also gives the crews a chance to discuss their next day's work the night before, which prevents them from missing last-minute parts and supplies that are easy to overlook on a hectic morning. Simply put, it's time-consuming to clean a truck, find the day's work, and load the job. 
and doing all that work the previous night prevents the typical race to get to the customer's home while daylight's wasting. We only routinely implemented this strategy a few weeks before writing this article. But within two weeks, one of my installers pulled me aside and thanked me for relentlessly enforcing this evening loading process. He said he thought he could do better work as a result and was more prepared with a clear head to start each day. Talk about a successful strategy. Let's say, for example, that today is Wednesday. After the installation crews depart for their jobs, the warehouse manager pulls Thursday's work out of the job line and forwards everything to the designated space where installation crews load the following day's work. This allows a simplified evening routine, whereby the installation crews pull into the warehouse, offload their trash and spare parts, and load up the following day's work. It also allows the warehouse manager to refer to the installation calendar and backfill the Thursday location with the following Thursday's work. These steps reduce the time each crew spends in the warehouse and ensure that parts for future jobs are accounted for one week prior to installation. Last year, Tim rewrote an article for the Firetime Journal about creating a yellow zone and a red zone in the warehouse. This important concept is one that we've personally adopted. Our yellow zone is for anything that's within one week of being installed. If something gets put into the yellow zone, it's moving out of the building within one week. Our installations are lined up on pallets, and if a pallet gets moved to the yellow zone and doesn't have 100% of the parts ordered for the job, these parts must be tracked down, and it must be determined if they will arrive on time for the scheduled install or pickup. Our red zone is for more immediate orders that are three days out from departure or installation. At this time, our installation coordinator is providing courtesy phone calls and sending out emails to customers three days prior to installations. If something isn't in line and ready to roll at the door within three days of the installation, it must be rescheduled. This event is considered an internal breaking communication. It alerts us that something in our system failed, and we must adjust it to prevent it from happening again. Task 3. Parts are regularly ordered for stock, items are routinely returned, incorrect orders are occasionally received, and voila, inventory is accumulated. Lastly, it's no secret that inventory accumulates in the warehouse. Parts are returned, miscellaneous items are ordered, and sometimes incorrect orders are received. Whether you're deliberately stocking your warehouse, intentionally ordering extra parts, accidentally receiving incorrect items, or routinely taking returns, you're acquiring inventory. The COVID years convinced many of us to double up on inventory, and we ordered extra product just in case, or due to serious supply chain delays. We shamefully pushed older SKUs to the back of the building and promised to deal with them sooner or, more often, later. Up to this point in the article, everything moving into and out of the warehouse and the parts relative to each job relied on other departments to provide direction for having and holding inventory. But this section solely addresses the responsibilities and discretion within the warehouse, which undoubtedly ensures that the rest of the business flows smoothly. First, let's go back to that empty warehouse you were designing at the beginning. Have you now considered how to organize your space and contemplated your layout and design? There's so many questions to mull over as you make these important decisions. Where do you take deliveries? Where do you line up future work? Where do you put stock? How much stock is appropriate? What units and parts do you stock? Where do you store spare tools? Everything must have a thoughtful and designated home. When one thing is amiss or mislaid, it becomes a magnet for anything else out of place to be deposited as well. There's no one right way to make all these decisions, and there are different measures of success in stocking and organizing a warehouse. This largely depends on the type of business you run. Are your products cash and carry? Do you offer installation services? Do you work with contractors or retail customers? If you're anything like us, it's all of the above. Regardless of which items you stock and how many, 
you should have a warehouse that any of your employees can walk into and know where to find an item. At the same time, let's be real. Small business owners and retailers can't run lean warehouses to the extent that giants like HHT or Amazon can manage and computerize. As such, we all have that this will be worth something to someone one day corner, and we all occasionally misplace a part the day before an installation and have to scramble. But you can't make progress without starting somewhere. Of all the things I've addressed, simply having a procedure, following it daily, and assigning accountability for each step will lead to a more successful and streamlined business. The products leaving the warehouse will be unambiguous, reducing the number of errors. Installations will be more timely. There will be fewer cancellations and angry customers. Each of these will lead to less waste and a bigger bottom line. In our company, we're still walking down the path that leads to a fully organized warehouse, but we've drawn up a map so we can feel confident when we pull away from the loading dock and turn right rather than left, knowing that we're headed in the right direction. In conclusion, it's worth noting that the Firetime Journal aims to inspire change, but that doesn't mean you should implement every idea in this article or any other. Instead, you should take what you've learned and adapt it to your particular business. I know this from personal experience, since our company has taken a variety of strategies straight from the Firetime playbook, including staging ideas, heartbeat reports, and weekly team meetings, and adapted them to fit our daily operations. And you know what? They work. So don't feel obligated to run your warehouse exactly as I do, and don't get paralyzed by all the work that's ahead of you. Instead, take the ideas that inspire you, adapt them to your business, and make changes one step at a time. If you do that, you'll eventually have an organized warehouse that's a catalyst for productive employees, organized jobs, and happy customers. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that article by Kyle Titsworth. Man, it's so good. You know, this is an article that I have probably read, I mean, three times, I think, plus listened to it a couple of times. And and actually, I was on an airplane fairly recently, and I had a copy of the 2023 Firetime Journal with me. And when we were taken off, I couldn't be on my laptop working. So I flipped it open, and this is the article that I went to. I think that there's so much inside of here. And so, yeah, let me just kind of riff on some of the thoughts that that I had as I was listening to it. You know, the, the first thing is starting somewhere. Many companies have a warehouse that is an absolute disaster. And there's only one person in the business that knows where, say, the thermocouple is because they put the thermocouples away last time. You know, oftentimes that's the way that it is. And, and, and when that happens... There's no way for things to get better. Stuff just piles up and piles up and piles up because, you know, it comes in and there's one person in the company. Hey, where do you want that to go? Oh, we got some space over here. Let's put that over here. So, you know, when Kyle said to imagine an empty warehouse, where would you start, right? There's all these things that have to happen. And I think he laid out a really, really good path. Now, the last time I visited Kyle, one of the first things that he talked about is the workflow of what happens when a job is sold How does it get purchased? Who purchases it? And who alerts the warehouse? And he laid out a really specific process that their company uses. And in their case, there's a lot of hands that are on it. And there's physical markings on the various pick sheets and orders. And that works really, really well for their company. Maybe your business uses it all digitally, or maybe you're a hybrid of the two. Either way is okay. But do you know the process from lead to invoice, as Dave Rettinger would say. Do you know that process? When something is sold, how do you decide if it's going to get ordered or not? Who is it that orders it? When does it get ordered? 
How do they alert the warehouse person to know when it needs to be staged? These are things that your company actually has a process for, whether it's documented or not. But by documenting this process and using it on a regular basis, you're going to find out really quickly how well it works and where it needs to be improved. So I think what Kyle laid out is super practical. You know, using that methodology, the warehouse person every single day has a pick list. And and this is a really big deal. Most companies don't have a full-time warehouse person. Maybe you're in a blessed position where you do. But even if your warehouse person is part-time, they need tasks that have check marks and an official criteria of what needs to be done. You know, their their job really shouldn't just be we'll just straighten the things up in the warehouse and try to get it organized. A warehouse person should be able to see, hey, here's the jobs that are going to be going out tomorrow, and we need to pull all of these parts and pieces for them. And each one needs to have a specific checklist that they can go and use to stage it, and then they can turn that in and say, we are 100% ready, this is done. Now, Kyle talked about a philosophy that we described in last year's Firetime Journal that's called the Yellow Zone Red Zone concept. And essentially, the idea is that you have a dedicated staging area of your warehouse for everything that is going to be moving out in the near future. Now, in Kyle's case, his yellow zone is anything that's a week out. Once something gets to be a week out, it gets staged, even if it's incomplete, in the yellow zone. But the rule that they had is if it goes in the yellow zone and it's incomplete, all hands need to be on deck to try to get those parts and pieces here so that it can be made complete before it moves to the red zone. Because the methodology we describe is that once it moves to the red zone, which in Kyle's case is three days before installation, if it's not complete, that job needs to get rescheduled because it's not worth the risk of something going wrong. The part doesn't come in on time and you have to let the customer know that morning. It's really, really bad form. So having that concept of yellow zone, red zone in the warehouse starts to give you an objective to aim at. Now, I think in the original Firetime Journal article we talked about, if you have the space for it, you can actually go two weeks out, one week out. But if you're limited on warehouse space or if you find that Kyle's model works better for your business, going with the yellow zone being a week out, red zone being three days out, that's totally fine. Kyle also talked about warehouse organization. And, and again, I, I love that, that picture thinking if my warehouse was totally empty, what would I do? I've heard Grant talk about this a lot. He's got a philosophy about how a warehouse should have a few different areas to it. And I think I'm quoting him correctly here. But Grant says you obviously have your staging area. So staging is going to be that yellow zone, red zone area that is the product that's going to be going out in the near future. In addition to that area of the warehouse, and that area should be really close to the door because product is frequently leaving. But in addition to the staging area, there should be a pre-staging area. So the pre-staging area is where things go that have money down on them, but are not within the time zone of going into the yellow zone, right? So what if something's going to get installed in a month and there's money on it? Well, that should actually go into the pre-staging area. The reason that you have a pre-staging area is if something that's in your yellow zone or red zone falls through and you need to backfill it, you can look at the things in your pre-staging area to see which jobs are complete. And you can even use the pre-staging area to have jobs that are a candidate for the move-up list, right? Jobs that are easy and complete, they're on the move-up list when something falls out of the red zone or the yellow zone. So you've got staging and then you've got your pre-staging area. Now the next section is vent pipe. And in general, 
vent pipe is a section that should be close to the loading door because again things are going in and, and going out all the time in the vent pipe section dan woodward actually talked about that in an interview that we did a couple of years ago so your vent pipe section is going to be where all your vent pipe is organized by you know fuel type by size everything that you would normally have after your vent pipe area you have your whole goods section. And this is going to be where you stock your fireplaces, your surrounds, your barbecues, anything that's a normal stocked item. And again, this is going to be organized based on brand and category types, surround versus decorative front versus fireplace insert. You can organize all of this within your whole goods section. And then the final area is going to be your custom order products. So you know, I think I'm quoting Grant correctly here, but those are his five areas of the warehouse. You have your staging area, you've got pre-staging, you have vent pipe, you have whole goods, and then you have your custom section. And by positioning your warehouse that way, after that, you can use bin locations so that, you know, any random person in the company can go and find any given part based on where the computer system says it is. And, And I would say, you know, as a response to Kyle's article, that would be a really, really good place to start is thinking about how do I take one step to organize my warehouse based on the three tasks that Kyle talked about and thinking about, you know, red zone, yellow zone, products coming in, products going out and making sure that that workflow is streamlined so that people aren't literally tripping over each other as one person's going to get vent pipe, but somebody else is trying to pull a stove out. Now, finally, I would just say that this is the time of year to do it. You know, we, we are in the dog days of summer. And if we think about where things are going to be in one month, it's going to be a lot busier than where it is right now. So this is really the time to dive deep on the warehouse. As, as Kyle said at the beginning of the article, the warehouse is the central nervous system to your business. It really is. And, and you want things to flow in and out of it freely. But oftentimes it's neglected because we're focused on other things that are more glorious or glamorous. But man, if we can improve the systems in our warehouse everything in the business starts to turn faster. I mentioned this in a podcast before, but I've literally been in warehouses of of retailers with Grant Falco, where he looks at the business owner and he says, $50,000 of your personal salary is sitting here in the warehouse. Like you got to get this taken care of because he's right. You know, so many times stuff gets reordered and restaged and lost and damaged because the warehouse isn't set up to be organized well. So I absolutely love that article. I hope you guys got a ton of value out of it. And as I said at the beginning, Kyle's a personal friend of mine, and I have just been blown away when I visited his business, seeing how amazing his warehouse is. He has a really, really large warehouse, which is super nice, but he's got it organized and staged properly so that you know exactly what's going on. And he's the right person to be writing this article. So I hope you guys got some value out of that. As I said at the beginning of the episode, we have just a couple more Firetime Magazine rapid reaction episodes before we jump into season 11. But based on today, I think there's a lot you can work on this week. So go get started optimizing your warehouse. Hope you have an amazing week and we'll talk again very soon. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all into burn.